Hey, welcome to Youthology Live. Thank you for joining us. I want to talk about canceling cancel culture. Listen, we do not have to lay our principles down outside of the door of relationship. You know, a popular topic right now in our society is the cancel culture. It is the attack, silencing, and the erasing of people or principles, right, that are conservative, people with conservative values. But instead of canceling people, and uh, I think we should cancel, cancel culture. So let's talk about it. I know it might seem hypocritical or counterproductive, but I want to cancel, cancel culture. I want to stop the stoppers. <laughs> okay, listen, I don't want to cancel critical thinking. I don't want to cancel uh, critical thinking and thought. I want to cancel, cancel culture. Play with it in your mind a little bit, right? We don't need the attacks. We don't need the silencing. And we don't need the erasing of conservative biblical principles and values right now, okay? Can I give you some history on this canceling? To cancel is really such an important idea in the uh, right context because it is literally a jubilee. Can I take you back to the Bible where the Bible calls uh, canceling, forgiving, jubilee. It's called the year of jubilee. It was the year of our Lord's favor. It's found in Leviticus chapter uh, 25. And uh, part of that chapter is, uh, says this, I can quote it. If your brother becomes poor and cannot maintain himself, then you shall maintain him yourself. You shall not lend him your money at interest or even give him food for profit. Wow, what a concept. Such an important topic. As a matter of fact, this topic was so critical, elementary to Christianity, that even Jesus began his ministry with this jubilee statement. Jesus is a young man in, in, in Israel. He's met with the rabbis, he's impressed everyone. People are talking. And the elders say, this guy, he's clever, <laughs> this Jesus. But he hasn't done anything yet. He hasn't spoken in public or anything, but they're recognizing him as being different from everybody else. As a matter of fact, one rabbi says, we've never heard this before. But as Jesus begins to teach and talk, his first words are from the Old Testament in Isaiah where he says this, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. Did you hear that? Not just preach to the poor, not just hang out with the poor, but to proclaim good news to the poor. And he says, the year of our Lord's favor, the, the favor, the year of Jubilee, Luke chapter four. But don't lose this uh, preaching the good news, okay? Because really what he was talking about was the beginning of an era of grace, a message of forgiveness in a time of canceling debt. That's the role the church needs to play today. I know it's popular just to do causes and justice, right? But what about truth? 
this is not just grace. This is truth and grace. And like Jesus, we have something to say. And it definitely counters what our world uh, is saying today. I get it. Jesus was cozy with the crooks. One version says that he sat with the sinners. But he also defined the kingdom very clearly. Very clearly. So we must be lovers and not haters. Listen, that doesn't mean that we need to lose our principles or our absolutes. In fact, just as civil law will save your life, speeding laws, right? Breaking and entering property laws. The same goes for spiritual law. Spiritual laws will save your life, but even in, in a more eternal way, can we say. So yes, as a church, we must be better in our society today to speak both truth and grace. Not just grace, not just truth, but both. I know the church has been late to the party uh, called Millennials, and we almost missed our invitation altogether to the party called Gen Z. As a matter of fact, we may have missed that party, and we're having to redefine this, uh, our, our Christianity again in the kingdom. I love what Bono said. Do you, do you recall this? In 2006, he was talking at the National Prayer Breakfast in Washington, D.C., and he said, you know, the church has shown up to the party. It's not like they haven't been there. They've been late sometimes, and it's easy to bash the church. But when the church shows up, it has something to say. I love that thought. As a matter of fact, I like to say it this way. The church has a lot of futurists and sociologists. We're not, we're not a classic old church that doesn't understand culture today, okay? There are many of us, many of us who are futurists, who understand the times and know what to do. Many of us in Christianity do not fit the mold or the generalization that this cancel culture will place on us, that we're against everything and we boycott everything. And you know what? I believe this generation needs to see a church that understands them, a church that loves them, that is cozy and comfortable and seated with them, but we don't lose our message. We don't lose our message of the power of the individual and the power of the few. Yes, we do have something to say. As a matter of fact, this is kind of how Bono says it in that speech in Washington, D.C. in 2006 at the National Prayer Breakfast. The religious community in large part, and I'm quoting Bono, misses moments, but when they show up, they are all in. And the church was slow, but they got busy with the leprosy of our day. And this is what Bono says, uh, AIDS, right? The church changed the AIDS discussion and love was on the move. Maybe you've read the book. Mercy was on the move. God was on the move, moving people of all kinds in the kingdom and all kinds outside of the kingdom to work together, okay? They'd never met. We've never talked. There's never been this history relationship between all of the people who came together. Conservative church groups hanging out with spokespeople for the LGBTQ community, okay? All singing off the same hymn sheet about AIDS. Soccer moms, quarterbacks, hip-hop stars, country stars, 
This is what happens when God moves upon his people and they bring both truth and grace into the argument. We don't cancel part of the argument because it doesn't fit our lifestyle. Listen, I believe when the church shows up, the church has something to say and it is significant. I wanna give you this simple principle, one simple principle today um, on this topic of cancel culture, okay? It is the principle that there is a huge difference between canceling and critical thinking, okay? Just because someone does critical thinking doesn't mean they're canceling an argument or canceling a people or canceling a principle. I understand that it's popular for people to say the church started the cancel culture 25 years ago. I've heard all the arguments, okay? The, the church is against Disney. The church is against rock music. The church is against the uh, censorship of television and, and they're always boycotting, right? Listen, what a generalization. That's, that's not completely true. Listen, you can't generalize and say that the entire church is against something and that it was only the church. Listen, I raised my kids on Disney, crossover music, watching television wisely, okay? Furthermore, Democrats and Republicans, blacks and whites, Christians and non-Christians, both voted for and against President Trump and President Biden. Let that sink in. That destroys the generalization argument of cancel culture. However, listen, there's something that's more important than just cancel culture. It's critical thinking. Critical thinking for stances and arguments about absolutes and principles. Because if, hear me, if one generation loses its principles, the next generation loses its practices. Wow. See, standing up for and speaking for biblical principles and absolutes is not cancel culture. It's not attacking, silencing, or erasing. It is critical, biblical thinking, conversation, openness, value, and relationship. And there's a huge difference between cancel culture and critical thinking. I think cancel culture is more like thinking critical, to be honest. Listen, canceling silences and erases. Critical thinking discusses and improves. Two simple examples of this. Let me just give you, before we close, two simple examples of this. The inconsistency of the toxic cancel culture can be seen in canceling the purity culture. Yeah, let me get something straight here. The cancel culture inconsistency can be seen in the attack on sexual abstinence and purity and chastity, attacking it, silencing it, and erasing it and calling it the purity, okay, the purity movement, the purity culture. Let me tell you something. If you hear claims about shame, trauma, and submission, that is not the true meaning of the purity culture. That has nothing to do with a purity culture. That is cancel culture at its best, making extreme generalist statements to cancel chastity, purity.
Listen, I'm not new to this game. 35 years ago, there was a whole host of us youth leaders who created a purity culture that was healthy, widespread, that respected the value of male and female in dating relationships and valued, listen, valued abstinence. We didn't talk about shame, trauma, and submission. It wasn't, a, it wasn't about that. What we built was a culture of chastity, but what it has become today is not what it began as. What purity culture is today is not what I'm talking about and what we built. So give it a new name, call it shame culture, call it trauma culture, but don't call it purity culture. That's throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Generalization is destroying our nation. Hear me, all Democrats are, all Republicans are, all black people are, all white people are, all Christians are. Mm -mm. To desire purity and chastity is not a negative thing for just the few, but you can see how cancel culture will try to get rid of a message and rebrand a new principle. So anyway, hey, man, so much more to say on this. Um, you, you can find all of our talks here. All you gotta do is go to the, our socials, forward slash Jeff Grinnell, go to youthology.com, and you can watch this on YouTube. You can listen to it on the iTunes podcast. You can read the manuscript. The manuscript will be up, okay? Canceling, cancel culture, okay? So listen, let me just say this in closing. Um, it's very simple. It is very easy to get caught up into canceling people. But we need to move in a jubilee, in a grace. Deal with the principles, but hear me, bring the good news to the poor, to everyone. But this year of Jubilee is not about canceling people. It is about celebrating people. Okay, so again, thank you for joining us and uh, have a great week and cancel, cancel culture.